2: Good morning. This is Father Randall Kazel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. I pray you're having a blessed day wherever you are in our listening area. And we have a great show planned out this morning to grow in our Catholic faith and to deepen our heart in union with Jesus in this month of the Sacred Heart. Let us begin as we do in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us invoke the help of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, this is Father Randall Kazel coming live on Real Presence Radio Live, our show this morning. We have some wonderful guests with us to help us to know about area things, events that have been happening, and we're going to especially have uh, a little emphasis on the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is very exciting, coming up later with Bishop Quinn. But to begin with, we welcome Sherry Wolfert from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Welcome to the show, Sherry.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: You're welcome. Glad you're with us and you have some important work that you're carrying out in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester coming up. I understand you're having an event called the Entertaining Angels Hospitality Workshop. Uh, Before we get into the nuts and bolts of that workshop, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester?
1: Well, sure. Um, First of all, um, my name is Sherry, and I am from... I'm actually calling or chatting with you this morning from Michigan. Um, I am a Catholic school teacher. Speaker and writer, and I have uh, the privilege of working with uh, St. Paul Street Evangelization Ministries, and I am their trainer who offers the Entertaining Angels Hospitality Training. So I will be coming to the diocese um, via Zoom um, later this month to do a two day training on um, Catholic hospitality.
2: Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, I've heard about the St. Paul uh, Street Evangelization. I know. I'm not sure if you were down in our area. I know my assistant priest had someone from St. Paul Outreach or St. Paul Street Evangelization with us. So it's exciting work that you do. Uh, so, oh my gosh,
1: absolutely!
2: Why, why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, what is coming up and how people can begin to be interested in getting back active and proclaiming the gospel?
1: Oh, uh, so, sure. I um, I, I think we. We tend to underestimate the importance of Catholic hospitality and creating that welcoming environment in our parish. And I'm not sure that there's ever been a point in our church when it's been more important than right now, as people are beginning to to come back after the the distance that COVID created. Um, so it's it's so important to know that this is um, it's everybody's job. You know, uh, hospitality is not just the job of Um, you know, the hospitality team or the ushers, um, that we all have a role in that. And our our basic evangelization lies in the way we welcome um, people into Christ's house. And so we will be offering um, a two-day training. It'll be on a a Wednesday morning and a Thursday morning. Um, People can tune in. Our hope is that they will gather in parish groups um, and, and join into the training. Um, it's a somewhat interactive training. So those who can gather, um, in a group, uh, that would be so great. Um, but if that's not possible, um, people are actually able to join the training, um, solo and then they'll be put into small groups for discussion and activities. Um, but we're really going to get down to the nuts and bolts of what does hospitality look like and why is it important and how can we, bring others to Christ through creating welcoming environments in our parishes.
2: Wow, that sounds exciting to make it so that people look at the parish what, what I like to say is a, a second home, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. that, the, that people feel like coming to their own home and the parishes where they can feel most comfortable. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the importance of hospitality? What kind of things will, will you emphasize in the uh, workshop?
1: Sure. The, the training itself is broken down into four components, and we'll do two of the components on Wednesday and two of the components on Thursday. Um, the first two, the first day we'll focus on um, our personal call to holiness and discipleship. You know, what is what is the Lord calling us to do? Um, how are we supposed to get involved in building His church? Um, the second part is our call to share, to share the good news of His gospel of his love, of his mercy. Um, a lot of people will come to the training and think, wow, this is not what I expected. Um, and it's not about, you know, I'm not going to hand you a 52 page manual that says, here's how we do parish hospitality, because it's, it's much bigger than that. It's much deeper than that. Um, and the sometimes overlooked fact is that it's way more personal than that. We each have a role in it. Um, the second day of the training, we'll look at um, our call to, um, you know, to serve. Um, We really were put on this earth to serve others. And that's, you know, directly from the gospel. You know, Christ said I I came to serve, not to be served. And we kind of live in a fast-paced, serve me society, and we need to reframe our thinking there. And then the last section of the training is uh, our call to build the kingdom of God on earth. And what does that look like? How do we do that? On a personal level and a parish level, um, there's there's one line from the Divine Renovation book that I love, um, and it's it, it's kind of it really sums up our need to be aware of our role in Catholic hospitality. When uh, it says, you know, not not leading people to Jesus, like not not welcoming people to receive the good news, um, that's kind of like um, one beggar not telling the other beggar where to get the bread. Right? Mm, it's, right. It's 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 a job of all of us, you know, to to welcome us in. And I think um, we'll chat maybe a little bit later about how this at the end where what we hope to be the end of the pandemic, um, how hospitality has become so much more important. Um, but that's kind of a an outlook on, on what we'll do Um Kind of what, uh, how we lay it out there for those two days. And it's very, um, very fast paced, very interactive, very engaging, very, um, down to earth. It's like, okay, how do I just, how do I live the gospel? What does that really look like in everyday terms? Um, I am a middle school theology teacher. So, uh, everything I teach is, is hands on and okay, how can I pick up and go with this right now at this moment? And what, you know, what's Christ asking me to do? So that's a little uh, a little framework of what the two days will look like.
2: Well, Sherry, that sounds exciting. It sounds like something that you know I myself want to look at, and it's uh, kind of dear to my heart because I I would look at it like it, it's that relationship with our Lord that each one of us is called to have, and and then it's about. Lord how do I share you how do I like Saint Jose Maria Escriva how Lord let me be the the donkey that carries you to others uh, is there a sense of this about the uh, not only bringing people to um, Jesus but uh, that nurturing relationship that is following is there how, how will that come out as part of this
1: well we definitely take a look at um, accompaniment and I you know and the the act of inviting the act of um, welcoming you know it's like we <laughs> Sometimes we still view mass as an obligation, right? I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to check my box. I'm good to go. And, you know, Christ is calling us to do so much more. And it's it's as simple as, you know, let someone into the pew, you know, slide over. Um, as simple as, you know, a glance and a smile and a, and a good morning. It's not about the ushers wearing identifiable uniforms. It's about, you know, what am I going to do? While I'm sitting in the pew, um, to, to bring people in and to, um, you know, to let them know that Christ is there for all of us. And I think it's so important because people come in that door, um, with a whole load of things on their heart that yes. we know nothing about. And that, that one brief encounter can encourage or discourage. And, you know, bringing them to the table of the lamb is, Oh, that's where Christ starts to do His most powerful work, and if they don't feel included, involved, or welcomed, or invited, or um, you know, someone needs to be happy that you're there, um, mm-hmm. especially after so many have had such a big absence um, for any one of a hundred reasons that are none of our business. Um, it, it, what we can do is so powerful, and I, you know, we talk a little bit about a little bit about um, blessed um Solanus Casey and ah. Saint Andre Bassett who um oh my gosh, the work Christ was able to do for them is amazing and incredible. And it started with answering the door and saying hello. Um yes. that was that was the simplest act and we underestimate how important those simple actions are. And so, you know, we'll talk about um praying with others and praying for others and walking with others and um, you know, sometimes we think about um, doing the work of Christ, being an evangelist, and, and we shy away from that, thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know enough. I'm not a scripture scholar. I, I can't quote the catechism. I, I, I'm weak I'm and broken here, here, and here. And we tend to view those as barriers where mm-hmm. the exact opposite is true. And, you know, the Lord is saying to us, you will never know enough, but I will tell you what you need when you need it. Um, you will never be everything. I'm not. I'm calling you to be a something right here and right now. And um, we, you know, he said, uh, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." And we underestimate that I will make you part of that scripture. And he will give us through his amazing Holy Spirit um, exactly what we need when we need it. And sometimes all we need is to smile and say hello. And so. Um, it's all very, uh, it's all very down to earth. It's all very practical. Um, we take a look at the underestimated, and how Christ can take that and make it monumentally powerful as He draws people to Himself.
2: Well, oh, thank you, Sherry. I, I appreciate the explanation, and I want to go back to a few things you said earlier on that we're sometimes caught in a, a, a duty-bound sense of religion, uh, it, and to be clear, there, there are duties that we're we bound to be uh, about when we're in relationship with God. There are the things that we just need to do. And sometimes we're in that spot where I just need to pray today. Uh, I don't feel like it, but I just know that I need to. And it's a sense of duty can carry one through a little dry spell, perhaps. Uh, but on the other hand, when one fulfills one's duty, approaches it and deepens in conversion. And this is what it sounds like to me, Sherry, that in the In doing these things, in finding the practical uh, action of them, one actually undergoes a deeper interior conversion. So the motive changes from just being about, "I do this because I think I'm supposed to," or someone said so to doing so in relationship with Jesus in love is that is that kind of the thing that you've seen as part of this?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, you're right. there are requirements and um you know duties there absolutely are. But that's it's the difference between worshiping with our head and worshiping with our heart. And sometimes that you know that that fourteen inch distance between our head and our heart, um, you know that's a lot of powerful things can happen when we you know we go from doing it out of obligation to doing it out of relationship. And sometimes we have to discover um the reason, you know really what what am I doing this for? Um and, and you're right, when people really take it to the heart, it becomes about um it becomes about serving a God who would do anything for us. And it becomes so much bigger than rules and obligations. It you know, we really follow with our whole heart and that changes the way we serve, that changes our level of joy, that changes our level of peace, and that changes how mercifully we deal with others. So definitely we need to search out those opportunities to go from head to heart.
2: Yes, exactly. The both and of what we are to do and how the intention to do them. Sherry, we're going to take a little break here. You're listening to Real Presence Radio Live with Father Randall Kazel and Sherry Wolfert. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: As a working mother, I was thrilled to learn about the University of Mary's new online Catholic-infused graduate programs that truly work around my schedule.
0: University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our Planned Giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started.
1: Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love. And it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live.
2: And welcome back Real Presence Radio Live with Father Randall Kazel from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. I hope you're having a blessed day this day in early June, a beautiful day here in southern Minnesota. And we're blessed to have Sherry Wolfert with us this morning. Sherry is going to be putting on a workshop here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. It will be held uh, via Zoom, and you can register on the Diocese of Winona, uh, Rochester website under event and details so please find those details there and Sherry just before we went to break we were talking about the call to practice hospitality in parish life and how we're called both to follow the expectations that our Lord places in following him in practical ways and also that the motive would be a personal relationship with him, one where those actions are rooted in his love for each one of us, which is first, and then our response to love him back and share that out with others. And and as we get into opening back up more, more uh, openly, as per- people become much more comfortable coming to gather together, how do you see the roles of people uh, emerging as we gather together in a more uh, populated way, Sherry?
1: You know, I think about it, the. As people come back, um, we have to remember that each and every one of us have been affected by the last 15 months. Um, we've been affected very deeply and very differently. And for some people uh, coming back into a, a public gathering, into public worship, um, it's something they're 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 nervous about. They're a little concerned about. And I think we have to first and foremost focus on really why we're coming, and I, I have to borrow from St. John Vianney, who said if we truly understood the Mass, mm-hmm. we would die of joy. No Amen. And I, I think we forget that. Or or Mother Teresa, who said in an ever-changing world, the Holy Eucharist is a constant reminder of the great reality of God's changeless love. And I think we are, we're just swirling with how everything is different, and will we ever be back to normal? And, and the truth is, there's a part of me that hopes we don't go back to normal because I think this is a chance to renew and to revitalize and to remind and refocus on what's truly important. And what's truly important is Jesus' true presence. And I, I think that's, um, I think that's something that people have missed. I think it's something we need in our soul. And I think we need to remember what we're inviting people back to, right? Um, I, I agree I think, completely. Yeah. I, um, I don't want to say we, we take it for granted, but maybe on some level we've gone on autopilot, and it's time to say, okay, my gosh, this is what the Lord is waiting to do for me, and I want to make sure um, that He gives that gift to everyone, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm going to make people come back feeling welcomed. And when we really think about it, when we go back to Mass, um, you know, the person sitting next to us, might have been away for many, many months. And the people who we're worshiping with under one roof again, um, we have to realize that among those people are people who are broken, people who are joyful, people who are frightened, peaceful, grieving, anxious, excited, cautious, skeptical, but all of us are His. And we need to act like we know that.
2: (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yes. Well said, Sherry, because uh, we do need to help explain why are we here and to show it in those actions. Uh, that's tremendous. And I, I think that will be the heart of your workshop. Is, is that right, Sherry? Entertaining Angels? Absolutely. And then, so Absolutely. who who is going to be putting on the workshop? Can you share that with us? And, and how does hospitality, what, what kind of, uh, perhaps we might use the word nuances, how is it going to look uh, in this effort to welcome people back at this time? And dealing with these factors of the the plethora of ways in which the uh, this time has affected us all uniquely, and yet as communities?
1: Well, you know, we have a chance to, um, to look at personally, what am I going to say, what I'm going to do? And in the training, there's a variety of conversations that happen among participants. Um, there are um, videos that we use, clips that we use, um, formats. You know, here's, here's what we say, here's what it looks like, here's what you might consider doing um, there's one segment of the training where we, we look at some different scenarios and we talk about, okay, what would, a, what would a warm and welcoming parish look like if person X or person Y walked through the door? What would you do? What would they expect? What would they need? Um, personally, you know, not just on a parish level, what are we doing, but personally, what's, what's your obligation? What can you do? And those are very realistic and simple things that we can look at. Um, and, you know, we have a chance to look at that list. Okay, here's here's a list of 10 things that a welcoming, a warm, welcoming parish would look like. How how does your parish score here? What are the areas that you need to work on? Um, and quite quite honestly, it boils down to the people, the people in the pews. What are we going to do personally? And the first step to all of this is to look at our why. You know, why is this important? Why should I... You know why should I make eye contact with someone? Why should I say good morning? Why should I slide over and let him in my pew? And the the bottom line is it's not it's not my parish; it's God's house, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to be there. and And I think we get so caught up sometimes in uh, the music and the the sanctuary decorations and the the lector training and the, all the protocols and and we forget that you know this is God's house and i am just one of his children like you are and how how am i behaving what does that look like and how is how is that making other people feel
2: yes a- amen and that gets to the act the idea that we're here at the church our lord's church our lord is here i'm here for relationship with him to show him that i love him and that extends out then to one another to love God and one another. I think it's well said, Sherry. Well said. Um, so who who all can sign up for the workshop to learn more about the importance of hospitality?
1: Um, you know, I, I, the information for that would be on the uh, diocesan website. Um, I know that they that diocese is just very um, they're very anxious and 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 hopeful that people in their diocese will sign up as a parish and just really take a look at what the new normal might look like. You know, this is our chance to, you know, to, to do things better. This is our chance to um, revitalize the love. And, and, you know, if a parish is truly hospitable, uh, there are people who who want what's going on inside those doors, right? It, it's like a joy that leaks out all over and that's the greatest invitation of all. Um, so I, I think they're they're offering this to everybody in their diocese. And I would imagine since it's virtual, um, they would welcome anyone to register. And, and all of those details are on their parish website. And um, I know I will be uh, happy to to you know work with all of you virtually. I I wish it wasn't in person. I, I'll be happy when the day comes when everything is is back to face to face. But um, for now. This is the technology that's available, and oh, praise God um, for the smart people who invented all this. Um, but it, it's kind of like just being a welcoming parish. This, this, um, this training is that same mentality. It's like, come, everybody who can tune in, come and be a part of this, and um, let's let's do better by the Lord.
2: Yes, I agree. We, we do what is good, and certainly this is good, and then as soon as the opportunities are available, we do what's better. And we continually strive for what would be the best. And that would, I think it would be the best to have it in person if possible. Uh, so we're, we're practicing the good, leading the better and best. Um, very good. And so Sherry, what do you see? Any, any practical things that you might give, uh, suggest to our listeners, even the, if they're going to Mass this weekend or anything they might do? that, And perhaps maybe you have some new ideas coming into this time. Any little uh, bits of advice that you might offer for people wanting to um, do something right now?
1: Sure, sure. Um, there's, I have this, this really little, you know, quick list that I just kind of put together a few days ago because I think it's, it's so simple. Um, but the first, you know, there's 10 essential things that we can do. And the first one is to, to just realize that everyone sitting in that church with you is a guest of God. Um, the, the second thing we can do is think of ourselves more as a host. Um, you know, this is, this is Christ's house. I'm going to welcome you in. I'm like a, a tour guide, you know, come on in, come on in. Um, the third thing. Oh my gosh, the simple act of smiling and making eye contact. Um, if you're the, you know, if you're the, the frazzled person who's nervous and worried about coming back, it goes so far to just glance up from your prayer as someone's entering the sanctuary and, and smile, and you know, just slide over and let them in. Just um, those very simple words. I'm so glad you're here. Right? I'm so glad you're here. Um, to be um, people in a position of influence, like the greeters or the, the ushers or the or the priests, people expect a level of hospitality from them. But the average person in the pew, um, we have great power because it's not required of us to be welcoming. So the effect we have can be great just by doing those simple things. Um, and another thing is just to take the initiative and be the one who speaks first, knowing. That someone might be coming, and they haven't been there in 15 months, and they're sure they're not sure they're ready to be back, and they might feel broken and unworthy, and uh, you know, just this whole host of of this argument going on in their head as they walk down the aisle to try to find a pew, and it can go so far for you just to say hello and mm-hmm. slide over and let them in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to make sure that that we follow the rules and the guidelines, but have people there who can help people find a place where they're comfortable when you want to, you know, sit in this big group. You want to sit in these chairs that are a little spaced out, you know, just to make sure we have something to make people comfortable. Um, You know, oh, my gosh, to greet the children. You know, the children are our church. And, you know, as a a mom, if someone would, you know, speak to my children lovingly and, you know, bend over and say hello or just to know that my child is welcomed makes me feel um, you know, I'm so happy to be a part of a place that loves my kids, right? Um,
2: Amen. <laughs> to, Sherry, to we're...
1: Invite, invite, yeah.
2: And our time is winding down here, Sherry. It's been a great blessing to have you with us. So I encourage any of our listeners, really, you can sign up. If you go to the Diocese of Winona, Rochester website, that's www.dowr. Look under event and details, and you'll find the details there about the June 23rd and 24th uh, workshop. Sherry, thank you for being with us today, and God bless you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.
2: You too. And coming up next, we have Father James Bissonette from the Diocese of Duluth. He will share his reflections from the ordination installation of their new bishop in Duluth, Bishop Daniel Felton. Stay with us on Real Presence Radio Live. Live, engaging, and local.